0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of the Spiraling Podcast. I am your host, Jackson Wallace. I got my friend, my buddy, and my pal, Chelsea Caciola with me. Chelsea, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Jackson, how are you?
0: Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. We're getting towards the end of the week. Tomorrow is Friday. Uh, I know it's not going to be the day that you guys usually see this. We usually upload on Monday. So happy Monday to all of you. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, but yeah, we uh, anyway, so you guys know Jason's been on a little bit of a hiatus. He hasn't been feeling great as of late. So we've been kind of bouncing around and forth on our back and forth on our episodes. Chelsea's been very, very kind to go ahead and fill in for us, but we have a guest, okay? We got a, we got a wonderful guest with us. Sammy Beatrice is a CEO of Sammy Beatrice Marketing, the host of Fashion Your Passion podcast. Love that, by the way. That's a cool name. Motivational speaker, and she is still in college. Sammy strives to help entrepreneurs and small businesses become more productive and really let their passion shine through. Additionally, she helps teens and young adults find their passion and create it into something magical. Sammy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here.
0: And we we're, we're super excited to have you. Again, guys, I I mentioned all this I, I feel like a podcast guest connection, okay, on Facebook. If you guys want to go ahead and sponsor the show, I've been shouting you guys out left and right. But shout out to podcast guest connection great place to find guests great place to network and just you know kind of you know accumulate some uh and 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 mess with some uh some some brilliant minds over there so shout out to them but but sammy uh wonderful to have you here as always i mean wow that's a crazy bio still in college and doing all this other stuff uh maybe tell us a little bit about yourself
2: Yeah, for sure. So um, the podcast was really something that I, like, this is why everything started. Everything I do today is is from the podcast, because um, in my senior year of high school, um, my public speaking teacher gave us a motivational speech assignment. And so in order to practice sport, I sort of recorded myself every single day, um, just sort of on some sort of motivational topic. And then I would post it to SoundCloud and I called it like 30 days of motivation or something like that. And then I showed it to my teacher on the day of my speech And she was like, you need to create this into like a real podcast. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, you have to. And then so over winter break, I sort of researched it. And me being the ambitious person I am, I, you know, went full force into it. You know, I bought a mic from Best Buy and I just started recording something. Um, My first episode, I recorded three times over. It was like 530 in the morning when I was doing it. Um, And the third time I was delirious. But, you know, (laughs) I was like, this is fine. I'm good. Let's just post it. And then, is that
0: a, is that a solo show? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is it just, no, shows? you're good. No. Okay.
2: Yeah. So when I first started, um, the show, I did like solo, then guest and solo, then guests. Gotcha. Now I've been doing more of like guest interviews. I do solos here and there when I don't have a guest for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to fill it with guests just because like, you know, I run out of ideas to say, you know, <laughs> and there's only yeah. so much knowledge I have. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of it is already on the podcast. And so I like to bring in others, you know, other perspectives and stuff like that. So it's been, you know, I'm like, whenever I feel like talking to the mic, I'll hop on, you know, and do a do a solo episode. Cool. But yeah, it's been very cool. So, you know, from there, I was like, okay, because I, I, I'm from New York. Um, and then for college, I moved to California. And so I was like, okay, I think this is my time to sort of go out and speak, Cause I knew a lot of like youth motivational speakers from like city council conferences that I've gone to um, when I was in high school. And so I knew a few in California so they sort of helped me out with like connections and stuff like that. Um, And I started to go out and speak at like little high schools and stuff like that, um, and clubs and organizations within my college. And then COVID hit and I was like, what do I do now? Um, And one of my friends actually reached out to me and she was like, she was like, Do you know anyone who's a social media manager? And I was like, I could do that. And then I started doing social media for her. And from there, I was spiraled into having eight clients. And we're just sort of, you know, opened the agency literally two weeks ago because I just was sort of doing it, you know, like very, very hush hush. Sure. Um, but I opened it, I opened the agency fully. I have like six interns now, which is beautiful. Wow. Um, you know, and we just sort of been going from there. Um, but really you know it's funny because when I tell my story it's like people think oh my god everything went so perfectly um, but really there was a lot of lot of tears a lot of confusion um, you know and just like just questioning is this really what I'm supposed to do is this really you know what I want to do for the rest of my life so sure. and to this day even like you know there are days where I'm just like I don't feel like doing any of it at all like I just want to quit it all and like do nothing you know right. so it's like it definitely is, you know, sort of a journey for sure.
0: Definitely. So, so you mentioned, so you're doing social media, right? Yeah. And in the managers of what's kind of your, do you have like a go-to strategy or like a go-to approach when you're, uh, when a new client comes up, like uh, what's kind of your process with that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the first thing I'll do is I'll evaluate what they have already, you know, their content, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on the phone with them and I'll explain their pro- like what their process is. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times they're like, you know, I try to seek out the ones who like are trying to post on social, but like, don't really know like what they're doing. Uh, And so they're like, I'm just trying to do something. I just post things and stuff like that. And then we sort of go over like, what do you want to exactly post? So I'll give an example. So my client, my, you know, motivational speaker client who I have right now, um, she was just sort of like posting you know sort of when she went to go speak at schools and when she was here doing like virtual events and stuff like that and then covid hit and she was like i have no idea what to do anymore and so we decided to do and then she launched two podcasts as well so we decided to do sort of like a, like tuesdays her podcast day so we post a podcast graphic then wednesdays we'll post a quote and then thursdays you know we'll post the uh whatchamacallit we'll post um like a like an inspirational caption from her with a picture of her. And then Mondays she does her like her IG lives that get posted to the feed and stuff like that. So you know, just creating that aesthetic and sort of like well aesthetic in a sense and creating sort of some, you know, like look that it's like, okay, like this, like if you pop on a page it's like, okay, like there's similar things going on here. And the, you know, the color scheme as well is sort of similar. That's sort of where, um, you know, I find that there's most success in, you know, growing an Instagram or having people come to your
0: Instagram page? Yeah. Kind of, it's it's in the, it's in the minute details, making sure the color scheme is correct. It's something that some that, you know, I've, I've kind of found that too. Um, uh, with some work that I've done with my dad as well Is when we'll, we'll talk to clients and we'll say, Hey, um, you know, they're like, Hey, we want to do this, this and this and like, but I don't understand. I don't know how to, I don't know how to post. And, and, and to be frank, I'm, I'm not the best poster either. Right. So I'm not the, the thing, uh, the best one to go to advice for that. But I, uh, I, do understand that uh it's all in the details right you know making sure the color scheme is correct making sure you're doing some of the same stuff if you kind of post something just to post it it's not really worth it um so at least that's kind of what i've found from before yeah. um but yeah that, that's super issue that you say that but but you said that you were you know there's been some times where it's been rough right it's you know you're crying yeah you're thinking about quitting you're thinking about just hanging it all up. Um, so maybe you can kind of go a little, if you feel comfortable with it, go a little deeper into, into that side of things.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's so important to, to go into that side of things. Um, it all really started out when I was 12. So what was that? Like nine, nine years ago. I don't know how to add. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <Somewhere around> there. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and really what happened was I, I was I was in track, you know, track and field. And there was one week where I just felt really off. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'll take a week off. It's fine, whatever. Um, but when I came home that week, all I did was sit on the couch until 8 o'clock. And then I was like, crap. I was like, I have homework to do. So I did it from like eight to ten and then I went to bed and woke up the next morning at like seven red porn bus came, you know, and stuff like that. And it never went away. It always stayed with me. Um, you know, and from from seventh grade to eighth grade, like I just was in this like, you know, sort of feeling of like I just and I quit trapping you know, the next year I just stayed. And like, I was like, okay, I'm coming home watching television, just kind of doing my homework, you know, not really doing it. Um, and just sort of going through the motions of like what I have to do.
0: Yeah. there's
2: nothing else that I really wanted to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I sort of, I became, you know, my whole just like attitude just changed. And I was like, this isn't right. But then again, like I wasn't really close to my parents or anything. So I sort of just, you know, okay. stayed the way I was and didn't really tell anyone anything. Um, and then I remember when I got into high school, it was the same thing. It was actually worse because I didn't know anyone when I went into high school. You know, I had maybe one or two friends, but they weren't the closest. But really, You know, I was a teacher's pet in middle school. So in my final year of middle school, every teacher knew my name. I knew every teacher We would have conversations all the time. And then again, high school, brand new school, I knew no one. I remember like halfway through the year, I like, I just like couldn't take it. And so I like, I, in the middle of class one day, I I told my teacher, I was like, Hey, can I talk to you outside for a minute? Like we were like doing a worksheet or whatever. She's like, yeah, of course, what's up? And I was like, I feel like I'm drowning. I don't know how to get my head above water. Wow. and she was like are you okay and i was like i don't think so and she like from there like she was just my go-to person and like i just sort of you know she's like all right like we're gonna we're gonna help you get through this um and i just sort of you know talk with her every single day and you know it, it got it, it got a little bit better i wouldn't say it got you know the most but i think i you know i met some friends that year and everything was fine um and then 10th grade i finally started going to therapy because i was like wait i was like something nice. else to you know be done with this um and so i started going there that, that therapy freaking changed my life like everything like it just made sense like i'm just so happy that i decided to go through with that um and then the rest of high school was kind of okay i mean i just sort of you know did my thing and you know whatever and I think that senior year was really the year that everything sort of change for me because I remember the first couple of months of senior year, I was the same. I was like, I was just anxious all the time. And I was like, you know, I didn't have like a zest for life. I didn't have like, you know, I wasn't like quote unquote happy. I didn't have any joy in my life, you know? And then my public speaking teacher, I know I'm going to bring her up again, but uh, she really... She was like, Sammy, she's like, we need to fix this. Like, this isn't right. And I was like, yeah, I know. Thank you for telling me that. I was like, I know that all along. And she was like, but I want to help you. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, and so like, honestly, like, we would have two hour conversations all the time about why I was feeling such a certain way about. You know x or y just different different aspects of my life and then you know one day i came to her crying and i was like you know what i'm just so sick of this like i can't keep you know stopping and resetting and starting again and she goes so why are you she's she like so just stop it and i was like oh okay <laughs> you know i was it's like oh, wow you know and then from there like literally did the next day like i went to the gym every single day like religiously i woke up at 4 30 in the morning went to the gym you know did sort of a morning routine practice gratitude did all you know everything went to therapy every week you know ate like just cleaned up my diet did all the things mm-hmm. and i was on cloud nine from there you know like the last five six months of senior year were the best six months of my life i've really got to say and then you know when i got into college you know it was it got harder again because it was the same routine it was like I don't know anyone, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I changed from the beginning of college till now, I changed my major, what, six times, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what lit me up anymore because I was just following what my high school self, you know, I was trying to get back to that high school version of me where I was so happy and so like elated with everything in my life.
0: Sure.
2: Um. You know, honestly, I could say to, to this day, like, yes, there have been moments where I've been you know, super happy and back on everything. But, uh, you know, COVID really hit and then everything just sort sure. of you know, fired out again. And for me, a big piece of it was that, you know, my, so my grandparents are still in New York. And then uh, actually this past August, my immediate family just moved to California from New York. So wow. Yes, yeah, so there's a distance there yeah so my grandparents are still in New York and they're really the only ones who are still in New York and so it's been hard for me to like have them there and everyone else here um and so uh they you know I think that's been a big piece too for me like not being able to function the right way and stuff like that but you know uh I think just leaning into stuff that I'm passionate about like my work and and the internships I have has been really helpful um in terms of that and just you know I think moving forward like just getting more back into gratitude and trying to go back to the gym somehow. Um, and stuff like that is really going to be beneficial, but yeah, I mean, it's been a journey for sure. Um, you know, many ups and downs, but, but I'm just, I'm grateful for every single part of it.
0: Well I'm super happy that, that you're grateful it seems seem to be doing uh, much better now which which is good right and you know life always has its problems and its, it's its own trials and tribulations throughout you know the different sections of our life so I I'm, I'm curious if we kind of go back to uh, to some of your younger years you we were talking about not being very close to their parents. Is that still a thing? Have you gotten closer to them as you've grown? Um, was that, like, a big impact for you? Just didn't just not like... And again, if I'm getting too personal, tell me, shut up. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, was that a big part of why you were struggling, um, you know, with your own sense of, of happiness or, while growing up?
2: So I'm not really close with them still. Um, okay. Obviously, you know... Uh, with college, it's kind of easier not to talk to them as much and stuff like that, you know, because so sure. not are the same roof as them. them. Um, but even, like, when I go back home, like, you know, it's just, like, sort of, you know, the surface level things. I chat with them about, like, school and, you know, internships and stuff like that. Um, even, like, telling them that, like, I quit an internship, like, a couple months ago. Like, it was so hard for me to, like, say it out loud. I don't really sure. know why. Um but I think like, I don't. It's hard because I don't think that it's impacted it too much, just because I have been um, very close with my teachers all my life, mm-hmm. uh, and so like they sort of filled in that role of like parent. Um, you know, I mean, I call them my mothers, like they're letting my mothers. So I think yeah. it was you know me, me just like honing in on that and really like leaning on that was the most sort of effective for me in that sense obviously i would love to be close to my parents would be you know sort of a dream come true but i think you know obviously like and also it's like it's more on me than them like they want to like they're open you know but i'm just like hesitant for whatever reason um so i think that uh you know eventually we'll get there i just think that i'm not uh you know sort of ready to do that yet. okay
0: that's fine. I guess um, yeah, I'm curious. So what was exactly the feeling if you could put a one word to kind of describe. I know you're 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 going through some tough times and you know, you mentioned one word, you mentioned drowning. Is that a an accurate statement of like just kind of how you felt when going is it just just going into a new environment with a new place is it was this just like you know random occurrences i'm kind of curious about that feeling and, and when those that was occurring
2: yeah so that was like i would say three four months into my freshman year of high school okay and so at that point like I was sort of behind in assignments that weren't due until the end of the semester, you know, and I was behind in like, you know, just like people were just throwing tasks at me for my extracurriculars and for this and for that. And I was just like, I wasn't like, sort of, you know, like keeping up with them and just like that. So that was sort of the drowning piece was like, I had a lot to do, but also I had a lot of like emotions in me and like, I couldn't handle all of them if that makes gotcha. any sense. Okay. Um, you know, and i I've honestly after that point I've felt that feeling many times over you know because things just sort of you know I just wake up one morning and I decide you know that like I'm just not feeling so hot and so I don't do anything and then the next day just continues and then like by you know say it's a Monday by Friday it's like oh I had 85 things to do this week and I did none of them so the next week I sort of have to catch up on all of them um and so you know it's been a struggle with that for sure but I'm trying to get better with like okay I can sort of be able to sit with myself for one day not five days um luckily like my depression isn't as severe where like I'm able to get myself out of bed after like you know a day or two um and so that's really helped as well but I mean it's relative you know it's like it depends on what's going on it depends on how you're feeling and like you know sometimes like the drowning feeling is just going to be there and you're just going to have to deal with it. And that's really, you know, all you can do with them.
0: Yeah. So as you mentioned, therapy helps you out a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. I, I you know, I, I think that um, the therapy is a really good thing um, and it's helpful for a lot of people and, and just talking about some of these things can be for me, whenever I talk about things, like, uh, it's, it's almost like manifesting them, but it, it, it helps me personally um, just kind of talk it out and almost like talking to myself in my brain. Seems weird, but it just helps me. But um, I, I'm curious, what was the the best part about therapy for you? What helped you the most? Is there anything that they said? Did they diagnose you with anything or put you on any like medication? I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like what helped you?
2: Yeah. So I have been going to therapy now for six years. Okay. And just, just this past September is when I was put on medication okay. um, because... It was actually because I wanted to, not because like they told me to, mm-hmm. um, I sort of went to a psychiatrist and I explained what was going on and she's like, yeah, like, you know, if it, if, it, if you think like it's going to help then we could try it out. So I've been on, you know, anxiety meds for what, six months now. Okay. Um, but when I first started therapy, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to someone, you know, my aunt and uncle are both social workers. And so I sort of like knew what was going to go on, but I didn't know, um, but my first therapist, you know, she was okay, you know, not the best, whatever. And then the second one that I went to when I was still in high school, um, pretty much changed my life. Like my aunt helped me pick her out and stuff like that. Um, and I think the biggest thing about therapy was that, you know, it sort of, it was the way that my thinking changed throughout things. Yeah. it was the way in which I would say something and she'd be like, she would be like, yes, okay, or no, like, let's sort of, you know, change that and think of that in, in a different way. Okay. You know, that way it benefits you or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was the way that, to be honest, she called me out on things that I was doing that I didn't even know that were, you know, sort of sabotaging for me in a way or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, You know, and then I, I went to, when I went to college, I um, didn't go to therapy for what, um, uh, for the first semester. So I was like, you know, I'll take a break, whatever. And then when I, second semester, like I just went to therapy religiously. I was like, I needed my life. I don't know my life without it. It was so much better, you know, with it there. Um, and so that was sort of uh, a big thing for me too. Um, and so I think that yeah I just think that the biggest thing was like the way it changed my thinking and the way I sort of I just had a better outlook on life after it
0: yeah that's good that's good well, I'm, I'm glad it was helpful um, uh, and, and it seems to be working so that's good. It's a good thing that's a good thing I think you keep keep it up and then it's you know it's, uh, it gets better as time goes on I think that's something that they uh, that's one thing that my, my brother he was in therapy for, for a while um, he was really really scared of storms it really bugged him. Um, it was kind of like a, for him, I think it was a sense of, of uh, not being able to control what was going on. Um, so, but they just told him like, you know, like, you know, they they helped him a lot. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in therapy. So, um, but anyway, so you got all this stuff going on, right? And you're still in college. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of move the conversation over to what's going on with you now. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you came on it and told us your story. I think it's important to talk about mental health and 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 to be aware of it. And um, it's something that's definitely not talked about enough. And we talk about that a lot on the mm-hmm. show. So that's what we're trying to do. And Ch- thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Chelsea might have a few thoughts on the topic. Chelsea, you got anything for us?
1: No, well, you know, I'm a firm believer in in breaking the stigma of any kind of mental illness on the spectrum. So, you know, I I love getting to be a part of the solution. Um, You know, and I definitely think it's awesome, you know, what you've overcome. And and I think that's important. You know, redemption stories are so important. Um, You know, one of the things that I love that you said, uh, so I used to work in the mental health field for seven years, predominantly with uh, substance abuse clients. Uh, But, you know, coexisting mental illness across the board for sure. And so one of the things that I used to tell my clients is, you know, for people with mental illness, one of the biggest, um, obstacles is what I call the complacency hole, you know, and for me, and I, and I still do it to this day. Um, and I'm self-aware about it, but you know, I'll, I'll start putting things off, you know, okay, I'll do the laundry tomorrow or I'll do the dishes tomorrow and little things here and there. And then the next thing I know, I look up and I've dug myself into this huge hole, but when I look up and realize how I've got to get out I've got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this to get out of the hole, I get overwhelmed. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, thank you. Like, I'm just going to call it a hole. Don't want to, you know, don't want to deal with it. Um, instead of just taking a step back. And like you said, you know, shifting my perspective, um, of what I can do in that moment to start getting myself out of that hole. You know, I I'm not busy for the next hour, so I can do a load of laundry. I'm, I'm, you know, not doing anything right this second, so I can take care of this. Um, and after, you know, that, that momentum continues I realize I'm out of a hole um so you know I just I'm very passionate about all things mental health um you know just because there is such a stigma and I think we as as a community have come so far um from even when I was a kid as far as talking about it and, and talking about the solution I think that's the most important because honestly you know Anywhere on the spectrum that you're dealing with mental illness, whether it's, you know, borderline, uh, bipolar, anxiety, depression, um, addiction, there, you know, what works for one is not necessarily going to work for the other, you know, but the the common denominator is definitely support, um, you know, and breaking those stigmas that are attached to each and every one. And I think that's so crucial. Um, You know, I definitely grew up in an environment where it was not discussed very often um, and definitely, definitely not solution based um in dealing with them, even though it ran rampant in my family and, and heritage. So I definitely think that it, it's so important that we do these things and talk about it and and talk about the other parts of it, you know, the good parts of, you know, this is something I deal with. Um, but it's also something I've overcome. And that's that's the most important is is the hope factor, if you will. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, I think hope is a beautiful thing. And, and, and Chelsea, I'm actually curious, um, did and in your work with the uh, in, in the mental health field for for that long, I'm wondering is that is, is this a and forgive me for my ignorance here with, with depression. Um, is the common feeling of uh, of is it a good word drowning? Is did you hear that a lot and while you were working in that field?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, drowning. And like I said, you know, just as much as what works solution based for one person is going to be different across the board, right. the same goes for how it affects people. So, you know, I've definitely heard the terminology drowning. um I've heard different verbiages across the board, you know, as far as like an impending doom or just this numb feeling, um, you know, it just kind of affects everybody differently, unfortunately, and and dealing with particularly substance abuse clients, you know, the coexistence of depression is fairly common. Um, and so, you know, you add those two components together and they just kind of feed off one another. Um, you know, you feel numb because of the depression, but then you feed the numbness, you know, through the drug and, and alcohol addiction. So it, you know, whatever the verbiage is, it's definitely, you know, a feeling that unless you've experienced it yourself, um, there's really nowhere to really capture it. Um, You know, and, and again, you know, we did a recent podcast on suicide prevention. We did. And one of the things that we we kind of talked about is, you know, you go through these feelings of nobody understands, nobody could get it. You know, if only someone knew what was going through my head or if only, you know, nobody's ever felt like this. Um, It's a very isolating uh, mental illness to to deal with, um, for sure.
0: Yeah. And and Sammy, I'm wondering, so do you have any like personal, uh, strategies or things that you like to do when you know that that feeling is coming on and to kind of help, you know, break you out of, uh, of that feeling or kind of get the ball rolling? I think the first step is always the hardest, right? Like Chelsea was just talking about building that kind of momentum, getting that little bit of laundry done over here, getting this little bit done. And all of a sudden you start digging yourself out of the hole. I'm wondering what, what kind of helps you, maybe that can help some of our listeners that are listening right now, if they can try some of the things that you do.
2: Yeah, for sure. So if I know it's coming on and it hasn't really like happened yet, I guess you can say, yeah. um, I'll definitely be more conscious, you know, like what, how I'm feeling and what's going on. And I'll, you know, surround myself more with like people, Uh, you know, and just sort of like get my spirits up in some way where I'll like, you know, I'll get outside more, take more walks, you know, yeah. listen to a listen good podcast, like, you know, stuff like that um I'll I'll maybe like clean up somehow or like you know go through some things like cleaning is a way that I you know like to sort of you know feel better about things um but if I'm like in the middle of it and I've sort of you know uh you know I'm like just sitting in bed like you know just not knowing what I want to do with myself. Um, You know, I think around like a day or two, I'll like make that conscious decision of like, okay, you know, I'm going to do one thing today. I'm going to go take a shower today or I'm going to go, you know, brush my teeth today. And then each day after that, add on one more thing, you know, that Mm -hmm. I could do. Um, So the next day, maybe I'll shower and brush my teeth or I'll do, you know, do X and Y or whatever it is. Um, And then some days I'm really not feeling like up to it. Some days I literally just broke from my bed. Um, that way, like I am doing something, but also I don't have to leave my bed because I don't feel like it. If that makes right. sense. Um, and that's like I mean for me, that's a good way for me like not get behind, but also like not have to like feel like you know I'm forcing myself to do something. So there's just some little things that I do. Again, like also like I, you know, even on my darkest of days, I still practice gratitude every single day. Like that is a thing that I that's will good. never stop doing. I will always continue, you know, whether it's one thing, 10 things or five things that I'm grateful for from the day before I do it every single day, religiously. That's I love
0: that. love that too. Chelsea, I'm curious, how do you spoke about the stigmas, uh, before mm-hmm. that come along with, with, with mental health and, uh, and with depression and anxiety, how do we, I mean, how do we begin to kind of break the, break those apart?
1: how much time you got
0: Jack? So it's a loaded question and I know that we have a limited amount of time but I'm just I'm just curious like uh, with with your, yeah. ex, your expertise what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I got I could write a whole book on my thoughts on that but yeah. I'll simplify it as best as I can. Um, you know there's so many different and I'll keep it, you know, as we're talking about depression I'll kind of keep it as uh, simplified to that, but you know, um, you know, I've heard, I've heard everything, you know, and one, one of my biggest things that I did in working in the mental health field was I actually coached parents and how to love their mentally ill child or substance abuse child. Um, because a lot of it comes down to, and, and I've talked about this before in my own personal story, um, as well as, as other podcasts, but I'm so big on education for this reason. Um, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So if you're a person, you know, dealing with depression and you have a loved one that's never experienced depression, um, you know, if they choose not to educate themselves um, you know, the stigma is, well, you you can just get out of bed. Uh, you can just do this. Like, why can't you be, you know, you're fine. Like it's, you're just sad. Um, and it's so much more than that. You know, I've had days of depression where I'm smiling to everyone and nobody has an idea, you know, what's really going on in my head. And it becomes one of those days where I'm truly just faking it till I make it to get through the day. Um, you know, so it, it comes down to, I think the, the first step in any stigma, and I've said this before, Jackson, and I know you probably, I sound like a broken record and that's fine. I'm no, okay. Is you know the biggest component of breaking the stigma starts with education. Yeah, um, you know, and I think everyone at some degree is affected by mental illness, um, as far as whether it be a loved one, a coworker, someone that they work with at the church, um, whatever it may be. There is someone in your life, whether you know it or not, that is dealing with some sort of mental illness, substance abuse. Um, addiction of any kind. And I think that it would behoove us all to educate ourselves on on what that is and what the struggles are. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you can have the empathy factor because, you know, you're not experiencing it yourself, but you can certainly have the sympathy factor and understanding. Um, And I think that's a huge component uh, when we're talking about something as as detrimental as depression and bipolar and anxiety. Um, You know, we see this suicide rates, you know, especially after 2020. Um, it's because people are left to their own devices. You know, we had an entire podcast of talking about what those rates look like. Um, you know, and it's absolutely, and it's, and again, it's never going to be a perfect world, um, but it's definitely something that we can work harder at as a community, um, as a support system, uh, to lift one another up and, and to better understand. Um, I think that's really where it starts, is, is the educational factor. Um, and again, it's so much more than just I feel sad today or I can't get out of bed today. Um, you know, there's a spiritual component, there's a, a physical component, there's an emotional component, there's yeah. a mental component that completely. Just um, you know, changes the the chemical. I mean, it's truly a chemical imbalance. So let's start there. But uh, it changes the demeanor of the person for that time being.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, we really could write a book and go for a <laughs> go go for days.
1: <laughs> I really could.
0: Days and days. Uh, Sammy, I'm curious to, to 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 your thoughts on on all that that Chelsea just explained. What do you think?
2: No, I mean she's 100 percent correct. Like there. You know, I, I have a friend who, you know, is sort of is sort of struggling with more of, of the high functioning piece of, of depression and anxiety. And so, you know, she's she's able to, to do certain things, get up every single day, you know, um, do her homework, go to class, you know, like smile as she walks through the halls, you know, for dorm building. Um, but. You know, at night she crashes herself to sleep. She doesn't feel like she's good enough. You know, she feels like she's stupid because she, you know, she got whatever like a certain grade on a test or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I think that you know, I'm a big proponent for ending these stigmas too. Like everyone copes with things differently. Everyone, you know, sort of deals with things differently. It looks different for every single person who is on this planet. Um, you know, and I think that you know, like what Chelsea said is is a thousand percent correct.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah, she, she. Yeah, Chelsea. She knows her stuff. That one. Chelsea knows <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but
1: Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> depends on the day of the week.
0: It just it just kind of depends on what all's going on. Um, yeah. So ya, but but as we kind of get get closer towards wrapping up. Um, uh, I'm curious, Sammy. So before, uh, I'm wondering, how do you balance all of the stuff that you're going on? You got your social media stuff that you got happening. Obviously, you know, um, uh, you college student. Like, what, what, what all... What, how do you balance all of those spinning plates?
2: So, honestly, I'm not really sure. <laughs> it yeah. just sort of, uh, you know, sort of just falls into place. Um, no, but I think that my biggest thing is, like... I try my best to time block things. So for college, I'll try my best to get all my classes either asynchronous, which means that they don't have like a scheduled like zoom meeting or we don't meet in person or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or all like my like, like classes that actually do meet, I'll try to get them all on the same day or the same two days if I have to. That way I have the rest of the week open to homework, to my, you know, my, my own, my agency, my internships, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so I just like, you know, for, my, for me right now, Mondays, Mondays and Thursday afternoons are school, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are for my agency, Thursdays are for um, like just like client prep and like internship, stuff like that. And then Fridays I have off. The Sundays I do errands and stuff like that. Um, And so that's sort of how I sort of like just make sure I have time for everything. Obviously, you know, today's Thursday morning and I'm on a podcast interview. So like stuff like this is like sort of you know, whenever I have you know an open hour or something like that, um, but usually that's how my typical week will go.
0: Very good. Very good. I noticed on, so I went to your website and I was kind of, and I was like, I was like okay, how do I prep for this podcast? Cause I like to, I like to try and do my homework on, 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 especially if, if oh gosh, podcast guest session is great because usually the guests that you find have some kind of a, a social media that you can look at, or they have a, a website. If my guest has a website, I'm set to go. It makes me happy. So super happy that you have yours. Uh, what is the best part about being a Hebrew teacher?
2: Oh, okay. So this is, it's funny. Cause, um, i i started being a hebrew teacher when i was 12. um in my synagogue like i just you know i could do that and i did all throughout high school like until i left for college um because i thought it was my dream job i thought i wanted to be a teacher i thought i wanted to you know work in a middle school or, or elementary school and just like teach kids yeah um come to college, I realized I was not what I wanted to do at all, you know, sort of like um, I just moved on to something completely different Um, but I think the most exciting thing for me in that time was first of all, I'm super passionate about teaching Hebrew, so I had the time of my life just like teaching it and doing all the things you know, letting them learn the letters and the words and all that fun stuff like that but also because I started so early on, I started teaching so early on Um, A lot of the kids who I had my final year, my senior year of high school, I had when I first started, and so seeing that growth from when they were in like first grade to when they were in sixth grade was just so amazing to me. It made me truly smile because it was like, okay, they're all grown up now, Um, and you know, obviously they're you know they at that time I was eighteen, they were twelve, so it was like you know, it wasn't that much of a difference. I was still in high school; they were in middle school. And so just the connections were really, able. I was really able to become, you know, their teacher, but also sort of like their friend in a way. And it was mm-hmm. easier for me to sort of, you know, teach them and just like communicate with them. And just, we just had a lot of fun. So I think that was my most, like, honestly my favorite part of it all, for sure.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I'm wondering, and, and again, you know, get, if I get too personal, feel free to tell me to, to hush. Um, so I'm wondering, did teaching Hebrew, did that help you become closer to God or that, that give you a little more, um, you know, bring your spirituality level up a little bit?
2: Yeah. I mean, I have always put my Judaism first. Like it is something that I will always put first. I have always put first. It's very not cool. something that I'm, you know, like, oh, it's just on the back burner. Um, I took a semester abroad to go to Israel my junior year of high school. Very cool. Um, you know, I was there for four months, and it really just elevated everything that I sort of had known before. Um, you know, I worked actively in the halal at my at my school um, now and stuff like that. So it's something that, yes, I think teaching Hebrew was uh, was very beneficial for me. Um, but I think it was that was more of like. I was just passionate about it at the time so I wanted to do it I think going to Israel and just like being in my own sort of like because in high school we still had like religion classes I guess you can call it Um, it was more laid back but it was still like you know a religion class Um, and so I think going to that and going to Israel was really the thing that really just amped up like my spirituality and just being able to have that connection to a community but also you know to God and stuff like that was just really beneficial for me and going into college has been beneficial for me. So,
0: Yeah. And Chelsea, I also know that spirituality is a a big part of your life, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I love, Sammy, that you've talked about is gratitude. Um, You know, I have a five-year-old son and every night, um, you know, one of the things that's really important for me is for him to understand, like, the aspect of having, like, a true intimate relationship with God, uh, as opposed to, um, you know, my upbringing was kind of... Uh, not knowing that intimacy and so every night we do what's called a gratitude prayer where he just kind of lists, lists off things that he wants to thank God for that night and then together we say thank you God for all these things amen and every night it's different sometimes he thanks them for boogers and baseball and <laughs> some days it's like all of my friends and all the people in the world um, so it varies but you know that's you know has always been an important part of my life uh, or I shouldn't say always, but within the last decade, uh, but definitely now being a mom, um, and being able to instill that in Him and, and kind of, you know, you never know who's watching. So having Him be able to look up to me in my prayer life and then what that looks like for me uh, on a daily regimen, but also how I carry out my life. Um, I listen to a lot of worship music. I listen, you know, and just how I treat people. Uh, we do a devotional every night. Uh, so like last night, it was talking about if someone hurts you, it doesn't mean to hurt them back. God wants us to pray for them. So we had a discussion about it before school this morning. So little things like that, where it's just an implication in life of, you know, how to live that lifestyle out, not just, you know, walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's a huge, huge part of my life, but I think that gratitude, especially when it comes to mental illness can definitely switch your perspective in a minute. Um, you know, there's days that, um, work is really hard and and my boyfriend's quick to remind me like hey you have a job and i'm like hey you write yeah. uh because in t- today's day and age right now that that's hard to come by so it's little things like that where you know it's it's an attitude of gratitude and i just shifting your perspective to know that it definitely could be w- way worse than what your circumstance currently is right.
0: For sure, and I know it's been a big part in um, in, uh, in in Jason's like recovery, and and, and helps mm-hmm. him. And, I, and I'm, I'm and I know it's a uh, it's a big part for you, Chelsea. And 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 I think it can be used as a tool for if you're feeling like you're drowning, Sammy, or if you're feeling like things are uh, uh, just not going your way. Um, for those people that you know have that kind of connection, I think could be it could be really helpful too. So
2: yeah, hundred um. percent
0: definitely a, definitely a big part. Um, but, but let's kind of close out here. I'm curious. I saw that you also do some public speaking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sam. I thought that was really cool. I was wondering, do you have one specific moment that sticks out to you from any public speaking that you've done?
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, my, I mean, I, I hate to go back to it, but my, it. the spring semester of my senior year, um, I was part of like an, like an internship program, I guess you can call it. So you had to sort of pick an internship, um, you know, or a place around where like you wanted to have like, you know, a job. So a lot of people picked, like, you know, like going to local vet or like going to like wherever. Um, yeah. but I was like, I just want to do my podcast. And he was like, all right, fine. You can do that. Um, and so I did my podcast for my project and then we had to present our project at the end of the year. And I was like, I've, since freshman year, I always knew that I wanted to make my internship project, uh, my presentation, really, um, like super big. I wanted to have so many people. Mm-hmm. So I literally invited every single person who goes to my high school oh my to gosh. come to the auditorium like a day in April or whatever. And that day I did a live podcast recording. Um, t- I mean, I call it a keynote speech because it technically was, but like in order to incorporate it in my project i had a call it a live podcast recording um and so it was like 350 people like wow. teachers like students like my family like so many people were there filled up almost the entire auditorium um and i just talked about how to find your passion for 45 minutes um and it was literally at, at that moment right after i ended that speech i was like i want to do this and only this for the rest of my life and I think that was really impactful for me, for um, going from not knowing what I wanted to do when I stepped into high school to leaving high school saying this is the thing I want to do for the rest of my life.
0: That's very cool. That's very powerful. So like you know, little light bulb just kind of goes on. I, I think that's I think that's super super cool. Uh, wow, 350 people. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, very, so yeah. So tie it into my last little thing here. It's uh, is is that the the moment that really truly inspired the uh, Fashion Your Passion podcast? Was it that that live recording? Yeah. So the
2: podcast has already been going for a few okay. months now. Yeah. So that was I that did that was like episode ten. But oh, okay. I had sorry. that. Yeah, I had that choice at that moment to either stop the podcast because I had already done it for my project. So I was good to go or continue it. And honestly, at that moment, that was the moment where, you know, I was like, I want to continue the podcast and speaking, you know, forever. Yeah. like I never wanted to stop. No, but I'll, I'll tell you really quickly. The, the idea for the fashion, your passion podcast was a because I started my then dream job at 12, which is Hebrew teaching. And then B, because I wanted to take podcasts that I was listening to, like Rachel Hollis, Ed Milet, Lewis Howes, all those people. Um, And I wanted to change into language that high school and college students would understand um, and give them examples on the concepts of, like, what they would understand. So that's the reason why I launched the podcast for. um, And Fashion Your Passion just really just, like, came to be by me and one of my teachers, just, like, throwing around different like synonyms and then we just camp with fashion as a way to like create something yeah and then like passion i want it to be in there so that's how fashion your passion was born
0: very very cool i love the name uh, I think the speaking is, is awesome. And, and Sammy have a really cool story. Um, and, and, I'm super happy that you're, that you're, you're able to overcome, um, and, uh, and able to be an inspiration for other people. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, before we kind of wrap up here, I'm wondering where can everybody find you? Of course, I'm going to have the link to the fast, your passion podcast, uh, uh down in the description below guys, but, uh, where can we find you?
2: Yeah. So I'm everywhere. Obviously, like you said, the, the fashion, your passion podcast is on every single po- podcast platform, possibly out there. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Sammy Beecher. So that's S-A-M-M-I-B-E-A-T-R-I-C-E. Also at fashion, your passion podcast. Um, on Twitter, I'm Sammy underscore Beatrice. Um, and then my website is SammyBeecher.com.
0: Very, very cool. Chelsea, do you have anything else before we kind of wrap up?
1: No, I think you've got covered it all. I really appreciate you sharing your story. I think it's awesome. Um, you know, again, I'm a big believer in, in the power of hope, and I definitely think that your story conveys that. So I, uh, I'm excited to see kind of what our viewers think of this episode for sure. I think
0: they're really going to like, you got a lot of energy. You got, a, you got a lot of light. I think you, you got a really good future ahead of you, Sammy. So thank you for coming on Chelsea. Thank you for joining me on the podcast episode as well. Uh, we're going to have to start a petition. I think you No, know, I don't know if Jason's going to be able to come back. He might, to, <laughs> he might be taking his spot permanently. So, but guys, thank, right. you, so, thank you so much for joy, for watching the podcast. Remember you can find us where all podcasts can be heard. Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, we're on Spotify. We're everywhere. Um, so look up the Spiraling Podcast and you'll be able to see us. I'm going to link Sammy's stuff, like I said before, down in the description below. Go ahead and check her out. But that's going to do it from us, guys. You guys have a wonderful, happy day. We'll see you on the next one. bye